the way around. I said, oh, I'd rather preach than teach a Sunday school lesson. I can't do that. It's too hard. And I said, but I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to preach on what he was going to preach on. <laughs> so he made the ladies take out all the outlines today out of the bulletin so he can use them next Sunday. Let's, let's hope that he's here. Now we don't have anything on the screen. The lights are going to stay on. I think. Yeah, Dana got backup things there for us. I thought, well, it is pretty clever, Greg, being preaching off of an iPad. Because if I'd have been preaching last Sunday and all the lights went off, I'd say, uh, we're all dismissed right now. I can't see my notes. So uh, there is an advantage to these modern things. Since we don't have any outlines, since we don't have any tables or girls putting roses together or outlines like this, I'll tell you what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to pay very close attention. All of you. Because I'm speaking to everyone here today. And I'm the old preacher that some of you young people may have heard about. That when kids acted up in the old building, in the balcony, throwing down pencils at people sitting down below. I'm the one that called them down. I got really mean to them and Candy Heap came to me and she said, Kent, a lot of these kids have never been in church before in their life. They don't know how they're supposed to act. So I changed my attitude and, and now I've become very nice and level. <laughs> how many of you believe that? <laughs> I want you to take your Bibles, first of all, because we're only going to use one verse, and I didn't even get it up on the screen. I didn't know how to do that. So I want you to look just at one verse in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John. If you're using your pew Bible, it's page 1068. If you're using my Bible, it's page 1048. But I don't think anybody's using my Bible today. I want you to look at that verse because we're going to repeat it over and over again during our message today. Jesus simply said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. How many here today have made your wills? Raise your hand if you have a will prepared good for you. I hope you put the church in that will. I made a mistake last, last service. I said, how many got me in your will? And I thought, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And, uh, no hand went up, not even my wife. My wife didn't even raise her hand. This was Christ's last will and testament. His only legacy. He had nothing else to leave it is said that he was the poorest of the poor. He had no material possessions as far as you and I know of. And so he bequeathed to them the one thing which was in his power to give. He gave his peace. So many of our hearts break for lack of that very thing. No matter what your age might be today, we probably came around that lack of peace in junior high or late grade school and up through increase, increases up to high school. And, and I used to think, well, then when it gets older, then I, I won't have that problem of worrying and, 
and frets and things like this, but it just keeps on going on. We need his peace. So many of us lack that thing, which Christ is so eager to give to us. What burdens you and I carry? Do you, do you think peace can come easily to one who is out of work? Do you think peace can come easily to the homemaker trying desperately to make ends meet at the home? Do you think it comes easily to, to those who are tired and, and driven almost to the breaking point and they don't know what else to do? To lonely souls, whether in high school or in the nursing home, who feel that this world does not need them or want them and that they are no use at all to anyone. Now, I know that the age in which we are living must accept much of the responsibility for strained faces and lives that have lost their peace. But not all. The real trouble lies deeper. I want you to look into your own heart today. We need to ask some questions. Why do we ever grow irritable? Anybody here have that problem? Well, two things. I remember before we hired Greg and we weren't sure what's going to go on and whether Ernie was going to be the preacher, what I was going to, what they're going to do with me, and and uh, they still haven't figured that out yet. But uh, but I remember Bob Phillips was helping us through that time, and and I said to Bob, I, I said, lately, Bob, I, I don't know. I've I preached now for six years ago. That was forty six, uh, forty six years, and but I've become more irritable. And he looked at me and grinned a little bit. He said, kind of comes with age Kent kind of comes with age and I wasn't even old six years ago (laughs) why do our nerves get on edge so that we say things we regret the moment afterwards why do we try to cross bridges before we come to them why do we find it difficult for us to relax can we blame the world for that now I think the trouble's in ourselves One thing that we lack, no matter our age, is the peace of Christ. His last and greatest gift. Let me ask you today, very simply, would you like peace today? I don't mean the peace of a safe and sheltered life, but the peace that stands sentinel at the gateway of our soul that, that comforts our all manner of difficult things with steady eyes. The peace that holds our heart serene through crowded days and overwork and all the criticisms of our friends and of our family and of our co-workers and of our schoolmates. Would you like that? Well, the gospel. No wonder it's called the good news. According to it, it says you can have it. It is not a matter of temperament. The most highly strung soul can have it. It is hard for us to believe, but it is a matter of accepting a gift. My peace I give to you. Now today in the modern religious circles, we don't like things so simple like that. 
We want something mysterious. We, we want something that's almost impossible for us to do. And so we push off the things that Jesus teaches us in such a simple way that, that all could understand and be obedient. Notice his language. My peace. My peace I give. It is the peace, he says, that my heart knows. And I want you to think about that. Jesus didn't really often speak about it. But on every page of the gospel, you can really feel it. The serenity of Christ. Think of what he had to put up with. Continual intrusions upon his privacy. He couldn't get away from people. When he wanted to get away and across the sea, what would happen? They would walk around the sea. And meet him on the other side. Constant crowds, constant multitudes, people needing to be healed. And they were always there. Is there anything more marvelous in the gospel than to hear my peace I give to you? Contrast his own disciples. The Samaritan village where they went to preach. They went to perform miracles and to do certain things, but people didn't believe him, and they really gave him trouble. And they came back to Jesus and, let's just fall, call down fire from heaven. You ever been that way? Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't answer all of our prayers? Or Clinton would be singed by now. That's a joke, and some people didn't understand. The frail boat, Jesus sleeping, storm arises. And they finally wake Jesus up and says, don't you care that we are about to die? 5,000 people hungry. And the disciples said, Lord, let's just send them away. And he took a little lunch and fed them. And then came the end. And the disciples pleaded with their Lord not to go to Jerusalem. They're going to kill you. But he went. And they fled. But Jesus at the end of his life on the cross says, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And so he died serene. You see, I want you to notice something today. No matter who you are or what your life experience might be, it is not a far off dream, but actually something within the reach of anyone who will claim it. My Peace, Jesus said, I give to you. How does it come? How did it come to Jesus? What was the secret of his serenity? I think Christ's peace was first the peace of adequate resources. Look at Jesus as he moved from one task to another. It seems that he does it even though we don't have a lot of things in between the different activities of life. It doesn't seem like there's any hurry. He didn't have a haggard look. He he had not reached his limit. The peace of Christ was a peace of supreme adequacy for life. It's startling news. But he can give that to you and to me. We ask you simply to open up your heart to the gift. His Holy Spirit. You remember when you were younger perhaps? And you read within the Bible, repent and be baptized, every one of you, 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of what? The Holy Spirit. That is the supreme resource. That's the final adequacy. And we fluff it off like it's just some fairy tale, like something that Jesus didn't even understand what he was talking about. This Holy Spirit, one literally called one drawn alongside of us. One who picks us up when we fall. The comforter he's entitled. The one who touches us when we are in desperate need. The one that strengthens us to do incredible things beyond our own ability. That's the final adequacy. Second, notice that the peace of Christ was a peace of a disciplined life. I think Greg's been preaching about this this month in his series. The discipline in our own lives. The discipline perhaps of time. What are we going to do with our time? We, we all have the same. I hear people all the time and I've said it myself. I wish I had more time. But we all have the same amount of time. I did a time survey once up in Michigan when I was fairly young and some young smart aleck little kid from Coca-Cola did a time assessment and made us go back and look at all of our time usages and, and I realized how much time I really messed, did away with, didn't, didn't really take it advantage of. What about your time? The discipline of thought. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking about? You're stronger than you think you are. When I was 19 years old and I was at the Weber Street Church of Christ that my dad preached at back in the late teens and 20s and again in the 40s and 50s. And after his death, my brother preached my ordination service. And the only thing that came into my mind at that time is I can do all things through Christ. Who? strengthens me. Who am I? Some young kid that had a problem in high school with his language. <laughs> you ever gone through that, you know, where you say something at home, you let it slip out, then immediately you try to think of a word that rhymes with it? You know, stupid. You know, like your dad can't figure that out. The discipline of our heart's desire. What do you desire? What do you want in your life? They came one day and said, we would see Jesus. And I want to be like Christ. And I believe you do too. Now that brings to light the third element of the master secret. The peace of Christ was the peace of a clean heart. What are the real records of peace? Memories that sting because of sins still unforgiven. Divided loyalties. When Jesus taught us simply that no one can serve two masters. But we keep on trying to do so. The vision of God and the lure of the world. We stand at the crossroads every day. The jealousies that torture the mind. And the temptations never seriously resisted. That's what Greg's been talking about and preaching about. One thing alone remains. His was a peace of fellowship 
with God. Now, it's a good thing to be able to be together as a family on Sunday mornings. God had a purpose for for developing the church. But it takes more than just one hour out of a whole week. This is the ultimate secret. We see Jesus slipping away from the crowds when night descends to rest his weary soul on God. And then we see Jesus entering the city streets and multitudes upon multitudes of hurt and ailing creatures waiting hopefully. And there's Jesus traveling to meet that crowded day in the greatness of his strength, mighty to save. Where's he been? He's been on the mountaintop. Laying that day all and all of its work before God in prayer and receiving help and power. Jesus, Son of Man, Son of God. But he recognized this is the only way he's going to conduct his ministry, conduct his life. And here are you and I, in all of our frailties, in all of our difficulties, in all of our weaknesses, and we think we can do it on our own. And so we try a little bit harder, and we pray a little bit more, and we read and study more. But we can't do it without him. My peace I give to you. So it's a gift. If it's a gift, gift he won't force it on you. Many of us wish that God was like that, that God would make us be good, that God would make us be obedient, that God would make us walk a straight line. He doesn't. He loves us so much, he didn't create us that way. It's the easy way. Some people think the Bible's written, here's all things you can do, here's all things you can't do, and just obey that, obey that. but a lot of times we have to make up our own minds, and we're going to make some wrong decisions. And we have to change and repent and say, I made a mistake. Will you make room and space in your life for that fellowship with God without which it cannot come? You see, you can't earn it, but you can reject it or you can receive it. Will you cast your burden on the Lord to have daily fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. And that is to have found the peace that nothing in life, not in all the trials of this world, can ever take away. Peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Father, may we come to you today casting our fears upon you. We've decided, Father, many times to do as the world wants us to do and we failed and we're not proud of that fact. We need your help and your forgiveness and your strength. And Father, you alone can give us the peace that we need within our lives. 
peace that will encourage us to do great things for you. So may we come humbly, but thankfully, of all that you can do for us. In Christ we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a glorious name, glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of Say.